Hello, everyone. I'm Fox News' Rup Raj, and welcome to the Let It Rip podcast. On this, the January 5th edition of Let It Rip, we sat down and talked to our panel about Debbie Stabenow, her legacy after more than five decades of public service, and who could want the job next. Let's find out. It's time to Let It Rip. Tonight on Let It Rip, Senator Debbie Stabenow announcing the end of an era after nearly five decades in politics, saying it's time to pass the torch. It's important to give people who would be interested the opportunity to plan. Running for the United States Senate um, is a lot of work. 22 of those years in the Senate, blazing a trail as the first woman to hold a Michigan Senate seat. So who's up for the job? The line to fill the seat is already getting long. All this amid a showdown in Congress. A speaker has not been elected. A speaker has not been elected. A speaker has not been elected. Multiple days, multiple votes, and still no speaker to show for it. Congresswoman Debbie Dingell and former Oakland County GOP Chair Rocky Richkowski on the delay we haven't seen for a century. But D.C. is not the only one dealing with drama. A law clerk resigns from the state Supreme Court over concerns about his past. New Justice Kyra Harris Bolden's selection, drawing harsh criticism from another member of the court. What this could mean is our newest justice takes the bench. It's time now to let it rip, and what a busy week it's been. Michigan's senior U.S. Senator announcing she won't run for re-election, and a House Speaker's showdown of historic proportions. Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, who represents the Detroit area, has been, of course, on the floor as this drama unfolds. She joins us from a phone booth right now at the Capitol, <laughs> believe it or not, as they wait. Also, the former Oakland County uh, Chair of the GOP, Rocky Rutschkowski, and as always, anchor and attorney Charlie Langton. Let's get right to it. We'll begin with the Congresswoman because she's on the House floor right now. Uh, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, it seems like he's going to lose his bid to become the Speaker of the House. We haven't seen this type of thing happen since 1856. Debbie Dingell joins us from that phone booth with her iPhone <laughs> earpiece ready to go. Listen, this is this is how raw TV goes here. But talk about what the mood is on the floor and what is going on for those here in Metro Detroit who don't understand this. So we are in the midst or about to complete the 11th vote on who should be speaker. And I think the vote count has not changed. Hakeem Jeffries has won every vote count at 212. Uh, the speaker, or Kevin McCarthy, has gotten either 201 or 200 votes. And there are 20, 21 members that will not vote for Kevin McCarthy. Let's talk for a moment uh, as we, we take a look at this video, though, uh, Congresswoman Dingell. This right now, a lot of people, you talk, it depends on who you talk to, they say this is democracy in action. Others say this is just pure political theater and chaos. Which one is it to you? <laughs> Well, what I fear is that not only are Americans watching this, but other countries in the world are watching this. And I do think it looks like sheer chaos uh, right now. Um, So, you know, I would say to you, Democrats are here, ready to work, united. And as you look at Matt Gaetz yelling at people, uh, he does not want us to adjourn ever. He wants that's the alternative candidate that people have been voting for. He's from Florida. Good man. Uh, But this isn't good for anybody. We, the country's now beginning to be in danger as this goes into multiple days. Rocky, I want to ask you a little bit about, she just mentioned Matt Gates, uh, basically coming out and saying, I elect Donald John Trump to be the next Speaker of the House. <laughs> you know, this does sound like a big joke to a lot of people yeah. who are watching, 
both Democrats and Republicans alike. When you see people like Matt Gates say that, what goes through your mind as a Republican? Well, that he's not serious. But most importantly, let me just address something that uh, Debbie mentioned. Debbie, you talked about uh, putting our, our nation in danger. I don't think so. This is democracy in action. And you know what? If a group of conservatives want to enshrine into an agreement with the future speaker some things that basically bring in conservative a conservative platform, God bless them. This is what our system is made to do. So I believe, and I've heard now from uh, Representative Salazar from Miami, basically, she, she said that there are talks and that they believe that within the next 24 hours, maybe by vote 13, 14, or 15, that Kevin McCarthy will be speaker and that the conservative caucus, the Freedom Caucus, will have agreed to quite a bit. Some people are calling them the band of rebel Republicans. No, no. But when, when you hear that, that, that kind of terminology, uh, it goes in line with the kind of rebellious feel that we started to see after the insurrection, wouldn't you say? No, I would not. Absolutely not. Because this is something that's allowed by the law. I would never, and I apologize, Ruth, but, and, you know, I never correct you, but on this one, I, I take offense to that because it's nowhere near the criminal activity of January 6th. No, I'm not equating the two. Okay. I'm saying that the mood and the tone at the Capitol right now in the spirit of that comes from a rebellion that we often have already seen in the last well, year. And listen, that's, that's what democracy is. And and that's how our nation was founded, by a rebellion and a revolt against tyranny and, and people that oppress us. Listen, a lot of people are concerned about the 87,000 IRS agents that, that the Biden administration brought on. The inflation, the fact that our southern border is a complete and utter joke in our national security. They want to make sure that we, we a lot of people support Ukraine, like I do, but we want to make sure that the money is audited, that there's a, a follow-through on auditing what's happening. So if we have a speaker that actually does not compromise on those things, that's great if we can get enshrined. And otherwise, listen, I, I'm all about let's move on. If, if Kevin McCarthy's not the choice, then let's find a, a consensus. Well, Charlie, he apparently isn't the choice for the 11th time we've seen that at this hour. So what happens next? Well, I tell you what, it's going to be something really wild and really weird and probably maybe even sound uh, a little uh, naive uh, a little bit. Why wouldn't 10 Democrats vote for McCarthy? We're done. We go home. And we can all work together. Marcy Kapter is saying now, ask Debbie. of the Democrats, <laughs> Debbie, why can't you guys figure out who you'd like to work with a Republican? Which one would it be? Get the people together. You only need 10 votes or so, and then we're done. We can go home and work together. Because no Democrat can be Speaker. It's not going to happen. So how about that, So, so Congresswoman, what is the responsibility of the Democratic Caucus right now in that House? Well, right at the moment, we are united. Uh, Rocky, I want to take you on when I say that we begin to uh, be endangered. The fact of the matter is, is that we do not have any oversight at the moment on national intelligence. Members have not been sworn in. There are many things that happen day to day yes, that people okay, take okay. for granted yeah. that are, no, I, I, uh, I mean, the first or second day was okay as we go into the third or the fourth day. The reality is no Democrat is going to vote for uh, Kevin McCarthy and no Republican is going to vote for Hakeem Jeffries. I am not Captor? saying that... Marcy Kepter is not. She has gone on to say that her comments were taken out of context. Oh, okay. She <laughs> wants to work in unity like I do. I don't. I do believe 
that if you began to see alternative candidates, maybe somebody from uh, the outside offered, which might happen over the weekend, that you might see Democrats and Republicans work together. Yeah, but to Debbie, I, I, Maria Salazar is saying that within 24 hours, the congresswoman from Miami, Republican, she's saying within 24 hours they will have an agreement on a lot of conservative concessions from uh, from Kevin McCarthy. We'll watch this one unfold, and as we do, of course, the big talk on the Capitol and here in Michigan as well has everything to do with, of course, <clears throat> Senator Stabenow saying she wants to step down. She's going to step down. Uh, and so now the search continues for the position, person who will fill that position. Congresswoman, some people have actually put your name into the hat, saying you're the most recognizable, one of the most accepted from both sides of the aisle, politicians from this state. Why shouldn't you run for Senate? Well, first of all, I was stunned when the senator made the announcement today. I think we need to thank her for her years of service and celebrate her today. And today was about her. Uh, I believe that we need to get data. We need to determine who the strongest candidate is. I do not want to see the kind of, um, I can't use the word I would like to use, that we see sometimes <laughs> among the Republican Party. Uh. And I think that all of us will work together to determine who would be the strongest candidate. I'm not saying we'll what avoid if a primary. What but if they determine that it's you, Congressman? What if they determine it's you? you know, because you're you're a heavyweight in the political world on both ends. What if they say it's you? Would you just consider, in the political world? Would you consider? <laughs> would you consider that? Would you I, consider you never that? say never. I have told people I would not say no today, but I would really want the data to come in here. And I like the job that I have now, but I care deeply about my state. And let's see where this all goes. So, Rocky, it's a possibility that a lot of the names that are out there. Let's talk about some of the Republican names sure. that are out there right now. Uh, candidates. We're talking about, uh, uh, you know, Tudor Dixon. Today, I, uh, we had a, a source that indicated that she's not ruling it out. We understand there are other Republicans as well uh, that are interested in it. On the Democratic side, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, is is well, now moved P, to Michigan? P, yeah, but he actually, said no. Yeah, he just said. That I understand he, he said no, but listen, there's two. No. I, a lot of people say Gretchen no. Whitmer said no. I understand that. So but you know Rocky. what? But, I said no. But hey, <laughs> this is the, no one here is new to politics. If you wait two years, you're not telling me that the tide doesn't change. Things the way you're people right. move matter. You're right. Mayor Duggan, another person who said no. Yeah. Uh, who would be someone who you'd like to see in that position? Well, obviously a Republican. <laughs> oh, I understand <laughs> that. If I can say that. Who amongst uh, Look, you've got, you've got Candace Miller, but you've also got uh, Lisa McLean out of the uh, uh, the ninth congressional district. You've got John James in the in the tenth congressional district. Although these are Congress people that would be leaving their districts to move on to to, to fight for the U.S. Senate. John James hasn't even they, got entered his names. first term as a congressman. Well, he hasn't been in, inducted yet either yeah. because they don't have a speaker yet. But that's, that's right. okay. Um, no, but he's he's a he ran for that position twice before. Um, and there's Perry Johnson who's very affable, lovable, um, and has the funds to, to run because, you know, we've, we've got some issues in the Republican Party but Charlie, when you, when you look at data, because you heard the good congresswoman who's been around the block and understands how this works, the data is going to have to show who's popular, who can be in that next position. Who do you think the data would back just from being a reporter anchor? Well, I'm going back to the last Senate race we had in Michigan, and it was John James and Gary Peters. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that race generated about $200 million between the both sides. So someone is going to have well, to be well, able to. With the be, presidential in Michigan. I understand that, but yeah. th but a lot of money. We're talking millions right. of dollars. So one of the factors has got to be who can raise money. So Tudor Dixon, she didn't raise a lot of money during her gubernatorial but campaign. But John James is I sitting at $5 million. Well, John James did raise some money. Sure. So I would have to put his name. Ronald Romney, I would think, would be on the Republican side. You mean I would. 
Ronald McDaniel. Ronald McDaniel. Yes, yes, okay. that's right. Romney. Yes, I would think that she would be able. To, she'd be a candidate. What um, about Representative Fred Upton? You know, maybe. Uh, Fred, you know, I think Fred uh, and Debbie could age, answer this one you know, because but, Debbie's good friends with Fred, and and we've been. Yeah. I've been friends with Fred, but I got to tell you, Fred's. I I don't see Fred running for Senate, Debbie. On the Republican I, side. You know, I think there are a lot of other names. Fred is one. Peter Myers is one. Rana is one. You know, let's just all see. But I think on the Democratic side, we will work hard to try to find the strongest candidate. And I do think that uh, at times on the Republican side, you don't have an ability for everybody to say, let's not kill each other. Primaries are important. Well, They're <laughs> democracy at work. I just want, I care very much about the seat. And everybody needs to understand this will be the most, one of the most but it is going to cause yeah, some infighting. There's no doubt there's going to be some does, infighting but, for sure. But here's the difference. You know, I've heard Debbie talk about, you know, the Republicans fighting a lot and even fighting for the speakership race. But I got to tell you, that's the big difference. The Republicans actually are a big tent. We have multiple opinions and multiple people. When you have multiple and that diversity, you have the diversity come out and people argue. We don't fall in line like lemmings like Democrats do in many ways. I don't think and I'm not saying that thinks- Democrat voters do, but I'm saying that a lot of electeds, let me, I will look at Debbie's face. Wow. I think I struck a tone there, but but a lot of Democrats are told by their leaders how they're going to vote. Not in this race, though. You know a primary is going to be no, a bitter. No, a primary is a primary. primary. You're right. Absolutely. And it's going to be You're very, right. very it's bitter. It's open season, no and it's going to be open season. Listen, this is, yes. Alyssa <laughs> 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 Slotkin is another Democrat that I've heard now, yes, right? Alyssa Absolutely. Is, Absolutely. is very interested in it. I just want to say, Rocky, that yeah. nobody can say that my party is not diverse with a lot of different opinions, and we have many intense discussions, and you have seen them. So did not say that we don't have a diverse intense conservative to progressive side of our party. Alyssa to Rashida is an interesting. I I agree that they're diverse. I I want to ask you this, though, because, you know, at the root of all of this is why? Why did Congresswoman Senator Savinard decide to step down? You know, we actually caught wind, uh, but but only about a month ago that this could be happening while she was still raising money for the next campaign. Yet then all of a sudden the news breaks today. What would you say is the reason you know her well? What are some of the reasons? Passing on the torch alone, is that why? You know, I quite frankly was stunned this morning. Charlie knows that because we talked. Um, on that day, as you know, Roop, I think you were one of 10 different media people who called me about it. And I think her, I know that day that her intention was to run again because I told her I was telling people. Um, I, I know that her mother matters deeply to her. Uh, her sure. mother's 96. I don't, you know, uh, I, I don't know, but I, I wish her the best of luck and and today we celebrate her, and tomorrow we'll figure out who's well, running. Well, if, if you decide to run, you talk to us first for the other two stations. <laughs> you know, that, right? I let her up anyway. Congresswoman Dingle, it's good to see you. Get some extra diet cokes. It'll be a long night out there in Washington. Thank it's you, Debbie. Vote you. for Kevin McCarthy or one of the Republicans. Rocky, just yeah, throw us a vote. I, I don't don't hold happy. your breath. <laughs> Rocky Rajkowski, always good to see you. Thanks good for joining you us as well. Always Thank a pleasure. You. Charlie and I are going to be back on the other side of this break. Our conversation about <laughs> Senator Stabenow continues in a moment. We're also talking about a bit of a rough start for new. State Supreme Court Justice Kyra Harris-Bolden as she takes the bench. Her pick for law clerk drawing major criticism from one of her fellow justices. We'll break this down. You're watching Let It Rip. Let It Rip continues now. 
Back now, let it rip. We are continuing our conversation about Senator Stabenow's retirement, specifically who could replace her. Plus, we'll touch on that drama at the state Supreme Court. With us now, Democratic insider and consultant Alexis Wiley and Detroit News editorial page assistant editor Caitlin Buss. It is good to see both of you. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, our anchor attorney, Charlie Langton. Charlie, uh, you talked to some people, and you always are talking to people in and around town. Where, where do you put your hand on the pulse with this one, with Senator Stabenow? stepping down. Who are the main people you see stepping up? Oh, I think there's a lot. If we were to talk about Republicans, talk about Democrats, I think there are going to be quite a few. I think, uh, despite that, let's go to the Democrats first. Yep. I think, I, despite Mike Duggan and Buttigieg and uh, some others saying no, but uh, our lieutenant governor, uh, maybe our governor, uh, I would say that there's uh, some possibilities there. I think whoever is, uh, that's Democrats. The Republicans, I think Ronald McDaniel, I think uh, John James, you can't rule out. I think Upton, you can't. There's a whole bunch of people. I think the biggest thing is who can raise the most money. This is a big race. They'll be battling in the primaries, and I think that's a factor. You've got to be able to raise the money. $200 million or so, give or take, last time for the last Senate race. I think it's going to be another big one. For this well, time. we know that uh, Alyssa Slotkin can raise a lot of money. We know Governor Whitmer can raise a lot of money. Yep. Alexis Wiley, uh, bring you into the fold here. Uh, you're an insider. You talk to people all the time. You put your hand on the pulse. Who are we talking about here? Who are we looking at? You know who I think is is really an interesting uh, candidate who I understand is really, really seriously considering this is Alyssa Slotkin. To me, she would be a perfect candidate for this. She is in a district where she has had to win over Trump voters, Republicans, and independents. And she's done it not once, but twice. And when you look at her actual district, I think her, her district was, was where I think Republicans spent the most money any, in her district than they did anywhere else in the country, right? And she still one. I think that she is somebody to watch, and I think that she will come out and, and, and really be a strong candidate for this and could be really Democrats' best hope for keeping this seat. Caitlin Buss, uh, we've heard the word Kevin Rinke thrown out there just mm-hmm. today. Uh, denials and uh, appreciation for the mention by some. Not a lot from him. Where do you put him on that list? Oh, I, I think he'll definitely try to do it. And, and as he's shown, you know, he can bring a lot of money to the table himself. I think you're right that this will be about who can bring the most money, but I don't think Rinky is the most palpable candidate for Republicans. I, I think that's a long shot for him. Honestly. Who do you think is? Who won't be trying right, to get yeah. it? I mean, all you have to look at is the Michigan uh, Republican chair race to, to know that a lot of people are going to be trying to get in. In addition, all those Congress people. I think James um, has hinted that he's interested. He's not seated yet, but we'll see if he can um, if he can perform for his district. You know, I could see that happening. Without, and he can raise money. Without performing for his district, and again, as you mentioned, he's a representative-elect mm-hmm. right now, uh, waiting for him to be uh, elected formally, uh, it's going to take someone who has a track record. And at mm-hmm. this point, Charlie, on the Republican side, when you look at the list, Tudor Dixon's name has popped up a few times. Is that someone who you think could be uh, kind of anointed or pushed up there? I think she'd want to run. Who wouldn't? Uh, but I don't think she can raise the money. And I think that and she had her shot just a little while ago, and she didn't do it. In fact, she didn't do very well at all. So I would think that a lot of Republicans will probably say no. I also think her message in the gubernatorial race didn't resonate. And I think that I think we need someone else. I think someone that's got some legislative experience, perhaps. I, I think it's a, a tad early uh, right now, but I think it is going to take at least, I know it's, and, and the answer that I have is, why did Debbie Stabenow, uh, Stabenow uh, announce the decision now? But I hear it from most, uh, talking to a lot of people, it does take about two years to really get up to speed to run for 
of the United States Senate. Alexis, while you're a consultant, you've consulted with so many people, politicians included, uh, and when you take a listen to some of these names out there, doesn't it take time anyways to, to, to garner the support and the money that you need? Two years is a long time. People were saying no today. Should we believe them? You know, I, I personally do based on the list that I've heard, but at the same time, I've talked to a few people who say, okay, wait to see what they say in June, right? Ask the same question then when there's been some more polling and research and people have been able to really kind of digest what it's going to take to win. Um, I think that's when we'll, we'll see a few folks say, well, if I need it, if I'm, you know, I could be the one, I could make sure we win this. I think you could see some change, but I, I really do think you're going to see people get out early. I think that people are going to jump in this and make their 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 intentions very clear. Right now, they are being very respectful of, of Senator Stabenow, who is just an amazing woman who, who and leader for the state of Michigan who will not be replaced easily. Um, but I think right now, you're, you're not hearing people come out and say yes, but I think in the coming weeks, we're going to have a, a number of people who come out and, and really make their intentions clear. What about Pete Buttigieg? He moved, of course, to Michigan. Uh, with his husband in Traverse City. Uh, and that in itself was kind of peculiar to a lot of people. And then all of a sudden this seat vacates. Uh, why wouldn't he be someone who you think would throw his name in the ring? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he may be considering it. Maybe there's some other job that he's considering. But he was fairly clear today when he said that, that he wasn't going to do it. Again, I think going back to what you and Charlie are saying, let's ask the question again in six months. But um, I think that there may even be some candidates that we're not even talking about now who could easily be considering this. And that'll it'll be really interesting to watch and see who jumps in. Caitlin Buss, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, uh, receiving a, a big award, of course, the president uh, this week. Uh, her name has been tossed out. I mean, she's been named in Time Magazine, you name it. Uh, she's a darling of the Democratic Party. What do you think about her as an option? I certainly think she'll consider it. And, and I think Whitmer will too, despite what she said today. Um, but I do think Alexis is right. Someone with that legislative experience and someone like Slotkin, who, you know, if you heard, uh, if you read between the lines in Stabenow's statement, she kind of feels the confidence of these younger voters. And that was really present in Alyssa Slotkin's uh, race. So I think between Buttigieg and Slack and there's there's a deep bench here and that's why she's chosen to give this lead time. We only have a few minutes left. I want to talk about uh, Kyra Harris Bolden. Uh, let's talk for a moment about what happened. For those who don't know, Justice Bolden named Pete Martell her law clerk. Uh, Martell spent 14 years in prison for robbing a Flint area store, shooting at police since he was released. Uh, he's turned his life around. He got a law degree from Wayne State. Uh, Justice Richard Bernstein, he applauded that. But he said, look, someone who shot at cops shouldn't work for the state's highest court. He also said before Martel resigned that he and Bolden no longer speak. Uh, Alexis, bring you into the fold here. Uh, bad decision making, not enough consultants uh, on this trip uh, down this, this clerk's lane? You know, I, I I don't know. You know, I feel I, I feel like uh, Justice Bolden has not gotten as, as much support as I would have hoped that she would have from people who, um, you know, for me, I'm I'm very proud of her and I'm excited for her and I think she's going to, to really be a, an exceptional justice. Um, and and I've not heard why she made the decision to to hire the this clerk. 
I, I think I'm sure she had some great reasons for it. I think she moved quickly in correcting it when she saw that sure. other people were were offended by the hire. Um, I think there's also a better way to handle this than having this be a public conversation. I think it's it's unfortunate that now there appears to be drama between justices, which I just think is so messy and just just so not what people want to see, um, especially on yeah. the, the Supreme Court. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, I support her, and I'm I'm looking forward to great things. Charlie, we only have a quick minute left here. You had a chance to speak with Justice Bernstein and uh, Bolden herself. Yeah, I talked to basically on the on the Justice Bolden side. She said that here is someone who is the poster child for redemption. Yes, he did the terrible little things, but he redeemed himself. And why not be uh, a poster child for someone that can go out and do something good for themselves? That's one argument. Justice Bernstein saying, "Wait a minute, the Supreme Court justice. How would you feel if you were a police officer or a prosecutor, knowing perhaps that you've got a clerk who may not like the cops, and you've got when the, it's only for the Supreme Court. One percent of the jobs in this whole wide world, this clerk can do a lot of other things. But when you go to the Supreme Court, Justice Bernstein saying basically you got to come in with no bias whatsoever, none, and there could be a perception, real or not, sure. a perception of bias, and that's why Justice Bernstein said, don't hire. Caitlin, uh, what, what do you tell someone who's a returning citizen who wants a fresh start about the kind of example this sets for perhaps them wanting, wanting to go back out and get a job? Yeah, I'm, I'm sympathetic to both positions. I mean, uh, former Chief Justice Bridget McCormick felt very strongly in, in this person's redemption and that he had done a great job in, in showing his commitment to the cause. At the same time, I think Bernstein is right that there, you know, this is a hard thing shooting police officers that will come before the court. This is business. The court is a very serious place, and I agree it shouldn't have been litigated out in, in public, but it is, it is kind of a step above, and he can get other jobs and be an act, act, advocate or activist, but that's not what the court well, necessarily uh, should be. Certainly Martel's name is out there, and he can certainly use this as an mm -hmm. opportunity to continue to be an advocate for returning citizens. Caitlin, Charlie, Alexis, we're going to come back on the other side of the break with final thoughts. And now we're back. Senator Stabenow hanging up her hat after five decades of serving this nation, this state. Alexis Wiley, final thoughts. Well, first of all, I think we should make sure that we spend today really showing our gratitude to Senator Stabenow for what she's done for the state of Michigan and for our nation. And then very soon we're going to get a chance to hear who's going to throw in their, in their hat in the ring to take on her job. That hat may be overflowing. Caitlin Boss, final thoughts. I, I agree. I mean, she's had a great career and she's been a very important woman for Michigan. She was the first uh, woman to be elected you know, for the Michigan Senate. Uh, it's it's time to, to honor what she's done, but I'm sure the bloodbath will start very soon. I was going to say, tomorrow doesn't come soon enough for yeah. a lot of people. Charlie? I, I moderated a debate when Debbie Stab and I was running for governor. It was in the primary. She didn't win that race, but she went on to do a lot of great things. I think we should honor her today because, oh, we'll be talking about this Senate race for a long yeah. time. A long time. Probably a lot of shows on Let It Rip. Don't forget the people who say no today may be saying yes tomorrow. That's the nature of politics and how things go. We'll be on it every step of the way. That does it for this edition of Let It Rip. The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, Twitter, or Fox2Detroit.com.